Mortal Kombat has begun. We need to fight before it's too late. There's a war coming. Theaters and on HBO Max the exact same day. Rated R. Bonus episode. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and it's all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't embrace it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Let's go. And the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Let's go. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. All right. Hey, welcome to a bonus episode of Pop Culture Leftovers. In this one, we are going to be reviewing the brand new 2021 Mortal Kombat. <gasps> oh my God. Does this bring back some memories? Oh yeah. I used to jam this so hard in the car. So did I. So <laughs> <laughs> <That> excited. <laughs> Yeah, Mortal fucking Combat. That's what we're talking about today. And um, <laughs> Do you remember the soundtrack had like nine different versions of that song. Yes, <laughs> like nine of the twelve tracks were that song. I would just fucking, I would just run it all the way through, man. It's so oh, good, sure. <sighs> amazing. Uh, I watched the original last week just because I hadn't seen it in so long. Yeah. And it immediately starts with the song and the yelling of Mortal Kombat. I was like, this this movie knows how to fucking start. Like they don't even have the new line logo up yet. It's Mortal Kombat. Didn't like didn't they have like the logo and the fire and all that shit? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What a fucking epic first ten seconds of that movie. Oh, it's so good. Uh, oh, the CGI in that when Reptile shows. Reptile up, is so movie. bad. Oh my god. <laughs> It's like the early yeah. days of CGI, you know? Oh, yeah, it's pre-Jar Jar Banks, pre-Gollum, and it, it looks... Oh, boy. It's, imagine the mummy special effects, but worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like it was like uh, around the same time as, like, The Mask with Jim Carrey. Yeah, and I remember thinking both those things were really fucking cool. It's crazy just how 30 years on top of it, it's just direct. And they were wanting to do Goro, in that same style. I'm so glad they went with prosthetic Goro for that movie. Oh, it would have been so terrible. It, it, the Goro still holds up in that original movie. Totally. It, totally. It yeah, they did a fantastic job with Goro in that film. Um, Mortal Kombat, hunted by the fearsome warrior Sub-Zero, MMA fighter Cole Young, finds sanctuary at the Temple of Lord Raiden, training with experienced fighters Liu Kang, Kung Lao, and the rogue mercenary Kano, Cole prepared no mention of Sonya in this at all. What the fuck? I know she, she doesn't, doesn't have a mark. Fuck her. That's what I was going to say. It's like, yeah, there were so many points in this movie. Guys, we're going to be spoiling this. So here. Yeah. Fuck it. We're going to be spoiling this movie. Here's your official spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftovers spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. You have been warned. Spoiler pussies. All right, yeah, we're going to be spoiling the fuck out of this movie. Yeah, they don't even mention Sonya in this. Uh, and Rogue Mercenary Kano, Cole prepares to stand with Earth's greatest champions to take on the enemies from Outworld in a high-stakes battle for the universe. Mortal Kombat is a martial arts fantasy film directed by Simon McQuoid in his feature directorial debut from a screenplay by Greg Russo and Dave Callahan and a story by Russo and Oren Uzel. Uh, it is based on the video game franchise of the same name. Did you guys know that? No, this is the first time, <laughs> first time hearing this. What an Easter egg. Whew. Yeah, I thought this was a remake of Pit Fighter until you said that. Pit Fighter, also a video game though, Jake. I know, that. that's what led to my confusion. Ah. 
Okay, um, it's created by <laughs> video game created by Ed Boon and John Tobias, serving as a reboot to the Mortal Kombat film franchise. The film stars Louis Tan, Jessica McNamee, Josh Lawson, Tadanobu Asano, Maykod Brooks, Ludi Lin, Chin Han, um, Joe Taslam, and Hiroyuki Sanada. It's rated R. Has a runtime of 110 minutes. And we are going to be rating this one right out of the gate. And if this is your first time listening to an episode, we have a rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. How did you guys watch this? I, I saw it in the IMAX theater, and then I watched it again at home. How did you watch it, Joe? I watched it at home. Jake? I watched it on HBO Max at home. Stephanie? Uh, same, HBO Max at home. You fucking lazy fucks. No, okay. okay. I, yeah, I watched it in the IMAX last night, and um, then I watched it again today at home. I want to hear your thoughts. What was the crowd like, Brian, for Dude, the IMAX showing? Uh, it, it was sold out. As far as you can sell out a theater now. So whatever, you know, 30, 40% capacity, it was sold out. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Joe, what did you think about Mortal Kombat? I, I knew I was going to be in to watch this movie when it was announced. Uh, so after watching the first trailer, I stayed away from everything else. Um, I, I know earlier this week you could watch like the first six minutes of it or something like that, but I, I stuck, I stayed away from all of that. I just wanted to go in and, you know, just kind of see it with as open a mind as possible. And I had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, I enjoyed the, the different plot, uh, plot swerves in it where it was, you know, different from the original movie and from what we got in the animated Scorpion's Revenge. Um, the way this one started out, it was pretty similar to the beginning of Scorpion's Revenge. And so, um, when it went away from that storyline, I was pretty thrilled that we'd be getting something new. Uh, all the fight scenes in this were really good. Uh, the fatalities we got, we got were pretty excellent. Um, I, I loved Kano. <laughs> he was a, some great, uh, comedic backup in this. And, um, I don't know. I thought this was really fun. I, I liked that, that they set it up for a sequel at the end. Uh, um, yeah, I give this a Tupperware. Uh, Tupperware from Joe. I want to hear from Jake next. Yeah, um, I mostly hated this movie. I, I went into it with an open mind, honestly. I, man, I love the animated movie. I still love that original 90s movie. Um, I didn't expect Citizen Kane here. I just wanted to see a kick-ass fighting tournament and some awesome fatalities. And it kind of half delivered that. Um, the fatalities were very cool. A lot of them, the, the fighting scenes were pretty decent, but man, it really rubbed me the wrong way that we can't work a tournament into the storyline here. I, that just really bothered me. I want the fucking Mortal Kombat tournament in the first Mortal Kombat movie. I, I just want it. And it, it really bothered me that it wasn't here. Um, plus I did not much care for Cole. I found him mostly annoying. Um, and when he develops his, is it Arcana? Arcana. What do they call Arcana. Arcana. His, his powers I thought were just dumb as fuck. Like, Oh, I have, armor i have mythic mortal combat armor when people hit me and i just thought that was fucking stupid i hated the character i hated the whole concept of finding your arcana and i just found that to be really dumb i i'm fine with changing things from the video games i mean you know in the video game kano has like he's kind of like a cyborg that he shoots that laser out of his eye but the way they changed that for this movie, for him to find his, like, spirit and all that, so fucking dumb, so fucking predictable. Um, Cole was even worse with that. It's like, you knew exactly what it was going to take for him to find his, like, what kind of threat. And when it happened, I'm just like, oh, my God. Um, I'm going to give this a low taste it. it. It still had a lot of fun stuff in it. I did... I really enjoyed Kung Lao. Kung Lao was my favorite character by far. Um, I, Kano was pretty funny, but um, the dinner scene between Kung Lao and Kano was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Just when they're just insulting his fighting style and everything, I, I was cracking up. Um, but yeah, I, I really wanted a lot more from this. Like I said, I didn't expect fucking Citizen Kane or Jurassic Park or Star Wars, but 
man, I just wanted to shut my brain off and see a fucking vicious, violent tournament karate movie. And it didn't even deliver on that for me. So I, I was really disappointed. Here's the thing. I, I'm going to chime in real quick. And I kind of see what they were doing with this first movie. They wanted to separate it a little bit from the original and not give us the tournament right away because they've got a long game for this one. If this movie performs well in the theater and does well on HBO Max, they want to do four to five movies. And so I think they wanted to stretch this one out. And like, but you are, I mean, your point, your opinion is, is valid. I mean, it's Mortal Kombat. It's named after the tournament itself. And we, yeah, what you're saying makes me more mad, honestly. I, I fucking hate when you make one good movie. And if it's a great fucking movie, then the sequels will, will flow naturally from that. I hate when they have this mindset where they're like creating this building block for this universe. And if the movie performs poorly, all you get is this one undermade movie that they wanted to make sequels to. I, that shit pisses me off. Make a good fucking Mortal Kombat movie and go from there. Yeah. I want to hear from Stephanie. Stephanie, I want to hear from you. You're a huge – give everybody your background with Mortal Kombat. I know you're a huge fan. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Mortal Kombat. Was slightly obsessed with the games as I was younger. Would like, sneak them from my brother and play them. Um, and then I was hooked. Probably my, 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 my trajectory for Mortal Kombat was probably cemented in that 90s movie, which I think is just the, it's just, I think it's amazing. I think it's great. It's not perfect, but that's what I love so much about it. Mm. So, um, I just think Mortal Kombat, I think everything about it, the movies, the games, it's just perfect. I love the gore. I think it's perfect. Um, I think this movie is not perfect, but that's kind of what I love about it. Um, I thought the beginning started off great. I think the that initial story, um, kind of like the, not origin of Sub-Zero, but kind of who he was before he turned into Sub-Zero, I think that was great. Um, and I, I think this quickly, after that initial tragedy and that initial story, and we went right into the backstory of Cole, I think that's when it kind of started to, to turn into like B-movie status. I thought it was going to go... I don't want, I think it was really going to try and make a, make a push for being like a legit, like, I don't even know what the word would be, but I thought it, I didn't think it was going to kind of like lean into the corniness and it's, and it started to do that. Um, I, I agree with Jake. I was, I was looking forward to a tournament. We didn't get one. Um, I do think the fatalities were decent. They were, I thought they were, you know, they were, they're fine. Um, way too much coal for me. The story with him and his family, I really don't care. Um, I think, I mean, I guess it, 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 it drives him home for the audience and gives them something to fight for, but I didn't need that. I just wanted fighting death and I wanted all the characters that I've come to like love. And I didn't get that until later on in the movie. We got a retcon of Jax's arms again. Um, didn't mind it. I actually thought it was fine. Um, but I thought it was a bit too much Kano. Um, and I thought the jokes just got a bit tired after a while because he just would not shut up. Mm. Um, it, for me, and I know it sounds like I'm giving it a lot of criticism, but like, it just got really corny, but like, it got corny in a way that made me almost enjoy it. And so I'm going to give it a high taste it because obviously we're going to get another one. I'm hoping, I'll say obviously, I'm hoping because clearly at the end we can see that that's what they're gearing up for. Yeah. Um, the movie itself felt like a, the movie itself felt like a setup, um, for something, for something else, which is fine. Um, but yeah, I think it just, I think, I think, I think the beginning of the movie felt like something completely different than the end of the movie for me, but I thought it was fine. I was entertained. Um, and as long as they're not trying to pass it off as some great work of art and lean into what it is, it just felt like a modern day version of the nineties B movie that came out. And I'm okay with that. I give it a high taste. It. Yeah. I love that nineties movie. I, I remember when it first came out, I saw it three times in the theater. <laughs> I loved it that much. I would just, I would like go to different theaters to watch it when it was playing and when I had time available. I loved that first movie so fucking much. Um, <laughs> and I watch it, you know, I watch it every few years when I can. Um, I'm going to agree with a lot of what you guys are saying here. My first off, I'll just get my rating out of the way. I'll give it a high taste. It's my biggest problem with this movie was not the main characters, core characters that we've come to know and love through the video games through all the years. My main problem with this movie is Cole himself, Cole Young, our main character. Um, 
I love the fact that Sub-Zero is basically the main villain of this movie. Yeah, you've got Shang Tsung, but he's really not the main villain of this movie. They're kind of holding on to him for, you know, the future. He orchestrates a lot of things in this movie, but I don't feel like he's the main villain. I feel like it, it is, it's a hundred percent Sub-Zero in my opinion. Um, and, but my biggest problem with this movie is Cole. And I, I, I love Louis Tan. I think Louis Tan is great. I love them in Into the Badlands. I love them in uh, Deadpool 2. And his character is so fucking boring. And I don't care about his fucking family and all this other bullshit. And, um, the fact that I, I'm, I'm still conflicted on like this new thing with the, with him having like the, you know, the, the, the family legacy and the dragon logo on, on his body and then other people fucking, you know, killing each other and then the, 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 the dragon logo transfers <laughs> to their body. I was, I was thinking to myself, like, what if one of these people came into the ER and they were, um, they're good, you know, they were, you know, they weren't doing too well. And then the doctor fucks up and slices an artery and kills him. Does it transfer over to the doctor? You know? I think so. You know? <laughs> it's like, come on, give me a fucking break. These rules are weird. Um, but uh overall I really did I, I, I really did just have a lot of fun with this movie. Um my biggest complaints were the were uh and we can start unpacking this now. My biggest complaints with this movie were definitely Cole and then also how, how you know, people bitch about you know, they think that, you know, Ray from A New Hope is is a Mary Sue. You want to talk about a bigger uh quote unquote Mary Sue? It's fucking Cole Young in this goddamn movie. Guy gets his terrible guy gets his ass handed to him all all you know, in in the in these cage fights and shit. He's fighting for two hundred bucks or whatever. And there's really no like there's really no growth with this character in my opinion. He just sees his family getting ready to die and he's able to defeat Prince Goro, kill Prince Goro. And I'm just like, come on. Like there was no I mean, for me, there wasn't like this holy shit, like fuck yeah, and he beats Goro. Now you go back and watch the original movie, and you got Johnny Cage taking the taking the tournament into 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 his hands, like saying, like, you know what, this is our tournament, and I fucking challenge Goro. Like, that was a badass moment, you know? And he fucking did the signature move where he does the splits, punches Goro in the nuts. We all have a good laugh, and then they fight each other. <laughs> that was fucking awesome. That was like a pump-your-fist fucking moment back in 1995 when we were watching that for the first fucking time. This fight between Cole Young and Goro, you know, stepping out of a fucking shed, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? This is, this is not... This is not how I want Goro. And he, and, and I'm not knocking the way Goro looked. Goro looked cool, I guess, but he just looked like World of Warcraft ogre dude. Mm -hmm. You know, and I mean, I, I guess, I guess I have more fond feelings for the prosthetic look that we had in the original Mortal Kombat. I am not 100% knocking this movie. I'm going to get to the things that I loved about this movie, but I got to start off and kind of just say, like, you know, if you're wanting me to fall in love with this new character, if you're going to implement a new character, write a whole new character, you better make this character awesome. Somebody that I can care about. And I didn't care about him. The only time I cared about him was at the end of the movie when he's teasing Johnny Cage, who I'm going to call it right now. I think who they're going to try to get for Johnny Cage. You know, Paul wanted Ryan Reynolds. I think he's like out of their price range. I think they're going to get Scott Atkins. I think Scott Atkins is going to be um, the guy that they get. And I don't know if anybody on this podcast is familiar with this martial arts actor mm -hmm. of, of Scott Atkins. But uh, I think that's – you can Google him if you want to. But I think this is the guy that they're going to get to play Johnny Cage um, that they're going to be targeting. And I think that that is a great casting if they're able to get Scott Atkins. If they can get Scott Atkins, I think he's a, a, he's a, he's a, he's a fantastic martial artist in real life. And um, he's an up-and-coming kind of guy in some of these martial arts movies. And I, I think he'd be a good addition to this cast. But um, um, Talk about the Goro stuff before we leave it. Yeah. To me, the most groan-inducing moment of the movie was during this Goro fight. The whole thing was really underwhelming. But 
oh my gosh, when the daughter repeats the hit him with the uppercut, dad, I was like, <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> and, uh, I thought it was hilarious how whenever really gory shit was happening involving Cole, his family was always front and center for it. I'm like, these, this daughter is going to be scarred for fucking life. Like she's there for the evisceration of Goro. And then she's there at the end for that gore fest. Like they always cut over to him and they're always front and center for like the gory shit that happens in the movie. And I thought that was unintentionally pretty funny. I loved how when sub zero would show up around his family, how menacing and scary they made sub zero look like anytime he'd show up like in an alley, um, anytime that he'd show up, like you'd see the snow and it looks pretty, but you know that there's something, behind it like even at the beginning of the movie with the whole battle in japan um with uh with hanzo's clan and his family like the mother goes into like their 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 home and she's like man why is it so cold in here and you're you fucking know you know that sub-zero's around man and i loved it like in it when he shows up to the family home and he's just at the door and i'm just like oh shit that that guy, um, Joe Taslam from um, the Raid movies, he was also in the The Night Comes for Us. Was it The Night Comes for Us? Yeah, uh, yeah. That guy is such a fucking fantastic actor and martial artist. I was so glad that they they cast such an amazing guy in that role. They could have given him a little bit more to do. Um, if you're go- J- Joe, what do you think, man? If they're gonna fucking do this prequel without the tournament, should this should this have been a hundred percent a Scorpion Sub Zero kind of movie? I don't think it need to be a hundred percent Scorpion Sub Zero. And also from a writer's standpoint, I wonder if they were having to kind of dance around some of it, not wanting to get it too close to what was just presented in the animated movie. Very true. Um, but I mean, they they did do a. I mean, like you said, uh, Sub Zero really was the main villain in this, and they did an excellent job making those scenes with him feel like a horror movie. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't really know how much more they could have put in, in. I mean, unless they would have given us more of his backstory. But, you know, I mean... No, you're you're fine with it. And I get that. I get that. I feel like maybe if they would have just given us like a rehash of what we saw in Scorpion's Revenge, the animated movie, that it would have been like, okay, why are we even watching this? We've already seen this in the animated movie. Exactly. You know, and I'm not saying everybody would have felt that way. There's a lot of people that still haven't watched that. But like for us that did, we'd be like, okay, all right, you're just giving us a live action version of this. Okay. All right. I, I get it. No, go ahead, Stephanie. <laughs> I do, I agree, and I, I think it would have been, I don't know if it would have been the best move to give us a live action remake of Scorpion's Revenge. I do think, though, there was a, I had a disappointment. I, one, one of my favorite fight scenes was at the end between Scorpion and Sub-Zero, but I felt like I got most of that seeing the trailer. So, uh. the best parts, like the get over here, like the turning the blood into a... Yeah. That, all of that stuff, I, I, I wanted more of it. So it didn't, they didn't, we didn't need a complete live action remake or a complete Scorpion versus Sub-Zero movie, but more of that, more of that battle, a couple more fights between the two of them, I think I would have appreciated. You know um, who really pissed me off in this movie was fucking Passive Raiden. Mm. Oh, he was yeah. a punk. It's, it's, you've got Shang Tsung breaking all the rules already, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you've got, Raiden, who's really not doing anything. There's the whole death scene of Kung Lao, which I loved Kung Lao. Um, and I know you love Kung Lao as well, Jake. And like, I felt like they just used his character to have a, your soul is mine moment and took him out of like, you know, the future films killed him off. And I'm thinking to myself, why didn't Raiden take them to the void five minutes sooner? Yeah, they're all just standing there. That was really frustrating. You know, if you if there's a world between, you know, our world and their world that you can take them to, why didn't you do it five fucking minutes sooner? I know that's nitpicky, but it's just like I felt like that that scene was just to give us a classic Shang Tsung, your soul is mine moment. And I felt like those moments were so much cooler in the original film because it was after a fighter got defeated. You know, some, most of the time it was after a fighter got defeated early on in the tournament. Like, oh, okay, this guy got his ass kicked. Your soul is mine. You know, so, and now it was just like, 
I was just, I loved Kung Lao so much. And oh yeah, he yeah. was great. His fatality was my favorite fatality. It was the best fatality. Oh, I did get a kick out of fucking the Kano reptile fight where he punched through the chest <laughs> and then he turns around holding the heart and he says, Kano wins. I fucking like, <laughs> I laughed my ass off in the theater when that happened because it, it was so fucking video game cheesy that I had to. Yeah, there was, was some, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I think. What we, we, we didn't get, um, a Johnny Cage. We didn't get Katana, who's my, probably my all time favorite character. Oh, we got her, we got her fan on a podium and like that was an <laughs> Easter egg they threw in there. I don't know what that was supposed to do. Um, but there was, there were some characters I really wish we would have seen. Mm. Um, I know they're leaning into more movies, but I feel like that was a missed opportunity considering some of the balls that were dropped in this film. I think they could have made up for it in other ways. Um, I wasn't, all that impressed with Cabal? <gasps> I loved Cabal. I... <laughs> yeah, I thought Cabal had a like the the look was really cool, and I liked how they connected him to Kano, like it is in the video game. Yeah, I, and I, I, I thought Cabal was one of the better handles. Do you guys honestly. do you guys know who the voice actor was for Cabal? They had different stunt actor and a different voice actor. The voice actor, do you guys know who it was? Mm-mm. No. Have you guys seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. The Charles Manson, Damon Harriman. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Australian actor David Harriman, who played Charles Manson in both Mindhunter season two and also in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, was the voice of Cabal. And, uh, I thought that they did a fantastic job with that character in the movie. I loved what you said, Jake, how they connected him with Kano. And then also just like the fact, like the movements and the fighting style just look like straight out of the video game. He was one of the characters that I would play like in later video games because I just, I loved, he had so many different weapons and and his arsenal and his moves were just, there were so many. I loved Cabal and I thought Cabal was great in this, but Stephanie, you weren't a fan. I'm not, I wasn't a fan. It's not that I didn't appreciate his look. I thought his look was great. They touched upon his relationship with um, Kano, and then that was it. I would really have liked the movie to go into more detail about how he ended up um, in the Iron Lung or whatever. Yeah. I think they kind of touched upon it and then never talked about it again. I wanted more of that. So he looked fine, yeah. and we saw him move really fast, but that was it. He could do so much more than that. Yeah. I just want more. They got they got Nathan Jones as Ryko. And the guy with the big, big fucking hammer mallet, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you guys have seen Troy, do you remember the, one of the first scenes in Troy where Brad Pitt takes on that fucking like seven foot giant and kills him? Yeah. That's Nathan Jones. And so Nathan wow. Jones, and he's also, I think Nathan Jones is also in a Tony Jaa movie. And I think it's The Protector. Don't quote me. It could be an Ong Bak film, but I think it's The Protector. And that guy, just his physicality is insane. Just he is a a massive human being. Like he's not as big as um, the mountain from Game of Thrones. But man, he he is a Nathan Jones is a big dude. And I thought that that was really good casting. If you're going to cast someone. Um, if you need somebody with that size and physicality, like Nathan Jones is definitely a fantastic choice. So I thought it was cool to see him in the movie because I've seen him in a lot of martial arts and fighting movies and stuff like that. It was cool to see him cast in there. I thought that that was really good casting. Yeah, he did yeah. a couple years in WWE as well. Did he? Yeah. He wow. fought The Undertaker and all kinds of shit way that, back when. That makes sense. He's a big fucking dude. Um, what did you guys think about Maycod Brooks? Maycod Brooks, uh, from True Blood, also from Supergirl. Um, he was Jimmy Olsen in Supergirl. What did you think about him as Jax in this? I didn't know that was the same dude who played Jimmy Olsen. He got fucking huge for this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm impressed. You're not lying, dude. He fucking, he yeah. got huge. He beefed up. And it's not like he was a small guy on Supergirl. Well, no, no, not by any means. Wow, man. I I really like Jackson. This. I loved how he started off with little spindly arms. <laughs> and I turned into my 10-year-old. I'm like, I'm like, 
dude, these arms are going to have to get a lot bigger at some point. <laughs> but his arcana, his arcana is turning into a Michael Bay transformer. <laughs> you know what's funny is, the, the, and this always happens when I do reviews with you guys, where it's something that out the gate, like I really love it, and then I listen to you guys pick it apart, and I'm like, fuck. Yeah, sir. I'd be right on the money with every one of your nitpicks, but at the time I'm watching it, I don't know if it's because I watch all these movies like with a ten year old. So like, do I just have ten year old brain? And because literally, like watching this, there was like times where I'm jumping up and down from the couch, like yeah, <laughs> shit like that. And so I mean, but it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean the stuff with the arcane and his arms getting bigger. It it, it didn't bother me watching it, but trying to defend it <laughs> it's like i can't i you know i wasn't one of the writers in the room i can't defend it there but at the time man it worked for me i mean his arcana was triggered by lifting a fucking boulder <laughs> off of sonya well, blade sa- saving his friend's life the yeah. the need to save his friend's life okay all right yeah i am far be it for me to defend the arcana shit yeah <laughs> i love it <laughs> Well, like the Arcana stuff is like when they were training, they initially said like, oh, it's usually triggered by like the catalyst is like, like danger, fear and, and stuff like that. So I guess, yeah, that works with lifting the boulder off. He's fear of his friend dying. Yeah, that works. The cheesiest one was, um, Sonia, how like she gets the tattoo and then she comes back to the outworld and she's just instantly blasting rings through people's abdomens and like, Yeah, what what emotion did she fucking summon up to be able to do that instantly? Yeah, like they just didn't have time to give a shit about fucking her finding your shit. <laughs> she just had it, right? <laughs> and she made they made it seem like she didn't want the marking. This whole movie, she had an opportunity to kill um, what's his face earlier and didn't do it. And now she's they put like the smirk on her face once it gets transferred, and then she shows up. She's blasting people's guts out like you didn't like. Oh, I think she did want it. I think if she had the knowledge that killing that guy back then would have given her the tattoo she probably would have done it i don't think <laughs> they want to really disappointed next to jacks being left out yeah i don't think that they wanted to like portray her as like a cold-blooded killer right at the beginning you know agreed i thought it would have been better like i thought i knew she was gonna get it and i knew she was gonna get it by taking someone out that had it but i hadn't made the leap that it was just gonna be kano i, I thought it would have been served better had she had just taken off when she got sent away from the training and found a bad guy to get into a fight with, got to do a fatality on a bad guy, got the mark, and then came back and been like, what's up, motherfuckers? And then you wouldn't have to lose Kano. I, I think, I know not everyone loved Kano, but I did think he was one of the better parts of the movie. And I, <sighs> I think movie two without Kano yeah. is just going to suffer from the jump without Kano. I fucking loved Kano in this movie. I thought like his, I thought his comedic delivery was great when fucking, Liu Kang starts coming up over the desert and you see the sun behind him and he's like, all right, he says something like back up MC hammer and then, <laughs> and then calls him magic Mike later with his shirt off. You know, I was like, that was hilarious. I loved the, the scene that made me laugh the most. And maybe it was a cheesy joke, but it really hit me was when Liu Kang got him with the two sweeps in a row. And it really brought me back to like the assholes playing the game that would just stand there and do the sweep over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and it, it definitely felt like they were nodding to that. And I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I think Kano even calls him cheap for doing that, which is what we always called the, the, the player when they would do that kind of shit. Yeah. They, he did the bicycle kick. Yeah, that oh, was I awesome. That. Yeah. Well, he did the bicycle kick in the original movie as well. And I thought it looked cool in that too. <laughs> so. I agree. I, I want I wish Cole wasn't in this movie. I wish yeah. Kang got to step up. Especially if, if the plan was to kill Kung Lao, to me, it would have made even more sense to have Liu Kang be. I know that's repeating stuff that happened in the original 90s movie. But if it's not broke, why fucking fix it? And well, he didn't kill Kung Lao in the original movie. It was his younger brother, Liu. Well, no, in the original movie, he was the main character. He was, yeah, he was the main character, and then you had like the, the other side characters of Sonya and Johnny Cage, and it really, like, those three, it was kind of like, and trust me, I'm not trying to compare these movies, uh, but it was like Carrie Fisher, Harrison Ford, and Mark Hamill in Star Wars, like the, the banter between them, and like that relationship and all that shit. It was really fun to watch those characters grow with one another. They were all so different. Just like in Star Wars, and they would all bicker, and you know, and 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 
I really enjoyed that in that first movie. And in this one, we're just thrown in with like this boring vanilla character of Cole Young. And you're just like, Oh my God, this, there's like no character development with this character at all. And I, that was my biggest, that's the reason this gets a high taste it because I, I really did love a lot of everything else that's going on in this movie. I loved a lot of the casting choices. I loved a lot of the fights. Um, some of the fights, it did bother me when they would like have like three or four fights going on at the same time and you'd have to bounce between them. Yeah, I didn't care for that either. That, I mean, that's another thing doing the tournament would have fixed. Um, yeah. Before we move on, I, I did want to talk about, I thought the actor that played Jax was absolutely terrible. Um, I thought he had a lot of meat to work with. Like his part gave him some of the most acting and I like, he loses his fucking arms and shit. And I just like the actor gave nothing to that role. I thought, like I, I never felt bad for him. He didn't seem to try to make me feel bad for him. I, I just thought he was nothing. He was like a plain yogurt, basically. What did you think? I, I don't think we ever got Stephanie and Joe's thoughts on uh, on Jack. So, what did you guys think, what, uh, Stephanie? What did you think about Jack? Um, I thought he was fine. I think the, the, the joke about the, uh, the, the breath smelling was a little bit cheesy, but it was fine. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I liked, um, I liked the origin story for his arms. I, I liked, I kind of liked that. They gave, they gave the character what could have been like something to work off of. Um, I agree with some of what Jake is saying. Like, I think he, it could have been taken a little bit further. I think the performance could have, but I thought he, thought he looked great. Um, and I thought it was what it, it I wasn't necessarily disappointed. Um, I think they spent too long with him with the tiny arms. I think we really only got to see him fight with the big arms at the end. And that fight lasted, I mean, didn't even last that long. So I think they, I think I would, I would have appreciated, um, his, him getting his, um, his superpowers a little bit earlier. His arcana, his a, arcana, his arcana. <laughs> 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 I, <laughs> Um, but I think they wasted a lot of time in that, with that character having him pass out, laid out with no arms, and then giving him like, you know, the 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 giving him the Fisher Price arms for as long as they had them. I think that was a missed opportunity for sure. What'd you think, Joe? Yeah, I I liked Jax, I, and I, like I thought, you know, he had a little bit of development in that when he was, you know, trying to 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 kind of learn how to use those new arms and it wasn't working, and and Sonya kind of said the shit back to him that, you know, he, you know, made it seem like, oh, this is kind of what I told you when I was training you. And I mean, I wasn't looking for this movie to do. I wasn't like going into this thinking like, oh, this better have a plot that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> like I, it, I just wanted to see this movie where it was these characters that I was, you know, familiar with from the games. And, and for the most part, it's been so long since I've played pretty much any of the games ex- with the exception of the first one. I've actually been playing the first one a lot recently, but, um, you know, and so some of these characters, and it's like, you know, I, I kind of, especially with some of the bad guys, it's like, I kind of remember them from, from some of the future games, but, you know, with all the core characters and Jacks and stuff, it, it just worked for me. I loved Hiroyuki Sonata as Scorpion, our first Scorpion. Yeah, oh rad. my God. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. Oh, he's so good. I love that guy. I think he's fantastic, man. And when he, and I think like having Cole in that scene, that final scene where they're fighting each other, it took away from like what I felt could have been more powerful with fucking him coming back from the far reaches of hell and fighting Sub-Zero to have Cole involved in it. Because the whole time Cole is, his family's frozen and he's just, punching the ice blocks like he's in like the mini game in street fighter 2 like <laughs> punching those cars to death you know like it, i'm gonna punch a honda civic for 30 seconds and see how many points i can get begin <laughs> yeah, dude i can't dispute any of the cole stuff you guys are all saying in leading up to this movie you know i mean we had discussions with it before that that was the the it was the biggest thing that i was leery of but for whatever reason just when i was watching it this morning it didn't it didn't take me out of the movie it didn't it didn't bother me but n- now now with all these grenades in the back of my mind i'm wondering how it's gonna go when i rewatch it 
<laughs> I thought Scorpion was really cool. Um, his fighting was super awesome. The character was 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 really great. Um, one minor nitpick that bothered me was how often the character had to take his mask off to speak once he became the fully clothed scorpion. I, I felt like I was at fucking work at the grocery store and have people had to take their mask off to talk to me. It's like, Scorpion's yeah. obviously an anti-masker. Keep your fucking mask on, Scorpion. We can hear you when you talk. Yeah, I'm surprised he just wasn't wearing the thing on his fucking chin like a chin diaper. Yeah, he puts it back on and it's under his nose. Like, I was waiting for that. And honestly, like, his fatality was fine. It was just, I'm so used to him just, like, ripping the face off and seeing the skull. I'm not used to seeing it, I guess. Does it always burn away? Is that a thing that they do in later games, or? His face? Yeah, remember at the end when he did the skull fatality? I'm thinking he just takes his mask off and it's a skull. Yeah, that's what I remembered from the games. I didn't know if in later games, like, the fatality changed where his face just burnt off and you saw the skull and then it would come back and... I don't know if that's a new thing that they've implemented, but it was still cool. Movie only. It it was still cool seeing that realized in a live action movie. Oh fuck, man! When Liu Kang had the dragon, even though I'd seen it in the trailer, it was still badass, dude. It was still badass. Uh, Do you think we'll get Scorpion? Oh, sorry, Joe. I was going to say, do you think we'll get any more Scorpion in any of the future movies? I hope so. I really hope so, man. You know. He, he 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 was able to come out he was able to come out of hell so why wouldn't yeah. he be able to come out now yeah i agree i mean i i hope they bring him back because i mean that was that and i don't know just going forward and like seeing mortal kombat movies with no sub-zero and no scorpion it's like oh that's kind of a bummer dude and he's fucking he's fighting with a gardening tool <laughs> that's like that's like bob ross stabbing you with some fucking paintbrushes some <laughs> zero's not dead. I mean, like he's dead, but um, it was mentioned that like death is just another yeah step. So I'm hoping he comes back. I'm hoping that he comes possible? back as like dead sub zero. You know, like yeah, like a oh yeah. It's super easy to have these characters come back. I don't think it takes. It's not like a, a writing exercise to get these characters back to life. What did you What did you guys think about um, Lord Raiden and his headlight? eyeballs like it's it's straight from the video game like they didn't do that with uh christopher lambert in the mortal kombat movie from 95 but like if you look at all the you know uh artwork and you look at the character from the video games he's got those fucking headlight eyes his his eyes are lit up and shit can you imagine reading at night with those those would be great (laughs) oh yes that would be fucking awesome you could fucking (laughs) I wonder if he has night mode. Uh, he's always in night mode. That motherfucker, like, it's it's funny. He's got all the lights out, and he's fucking. He can just read whatever the fuck he wants to. I thought it was kind of strange that when he put that force up around the compounds, and then um, Kano was just able to go and kind of like laser it off, like. I, I just would think it would be something a little bit more powerful that would keep them safe. Yeah, I mean, they did change kind of like the rules from like the first movie where it was like Shang Tsung had no powers on Earth Realm. You know, like that's it's the Earth Realm is Raiden's. And they yeah. keep talking about the Elder Gods and we never fucking, you know, they talk about how lazy the Elder Gods are and, you know, like never once did the Elder Gods step in and try to stop any of this. It's like, what the fuck are they doing? Yeah, in in like on that, I was really hoping that at the end of the movie where we just see Raiden just uses lightning to just teleport, you know, Shang Tsung away. I was really hoping that that's when he would have stepped in and actually fought him. Yeah. And, and when it when it when that didn't happen, that was one point in the movie where I was like, oh, we didn't see Raiden do shit except for just teleport people in this. Yeah, I wanted that fight too. Um, to defend what Stephanie's saying, I. And here I am defending the stupid plot points again. But I, I think the reason Kano was able to do that was because no one realized that Kano was turning on them. So Kano had access to the inside, whereas the other characters couldn't even get in because the force field was up. So once you get past the force field, it's like brittle like a fortune cookie to try to destroy that thing. Yeah, I just think the whole idea of a fucking force field from a dragon thing is dumb oh yes 
No argument there. No argument there. <laughs> what, one minor disappointment I had, and this was just like a geeky disappointment, was I thought the Jack's fatality was cool. Um, the line after where he's like, these hands will do is a little bit over the top, but it was fine. Um, he said something like, that, these hands, these, these motherfucking hands will do or something like that. Yeah, yeah, some shit. Like he, went, he went full, he went full Sam Jackson on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole time they're having this fight on like this, what looks like this like narrow, platform above this big pit and i was really getting excited yeah finally get someone knocked over the pit and onto the spikes like that's something i've always wanted to see in one of these mortal Kombat movies but it was just kind of too gruesome and too special effects heavy to do in the originals and oh i was upset i I was like oh they're gonna do it they're gonna do it it's gonna get knocked off the pit head on the spike and no yeah like they're like oh we're gonna save that for the third one (laughs) so So it kind of detracted from how cool Jax's fatality ended up being for me because the whole time i anticipated something else and when and this is me being a bit of a spoiled brat but when i didn't get what i what i wanted i was just kind of like me Fuck this. Dude, <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. Melina was awesome. I was, I was just about to ask what you guys thought of her because there was a, quite a bit of pushback before the movie came out. About, I fucking loved Melina. Yeah. I thought Melina was awesome. She looked like, you know, she did look like the video game. She did. But on the flip side, it's like I, 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 we recently watched that movie Us. She looked like one of the tethered from the Us oh, movie, too. Oh, totally. she did. Right? Totally. But she was yeah. badass, man. I fucking I love that. Melina. I love the fact that when when she's fighting uh, Sonya Blade and she tastes the blood off of her side, she's like, "You're not even one of the chosen ones." <laughs> that was one of my yeah. favorite scenes. And that, she fucking she fucking dipped out. She's like, "Fuck this shit. I'm not even gonna kill you. You're dead. You're not even worthy of me fucking killing you. You're not worthy so of this like, death." You die. How does it feel to know your life didn't even matter or yeah. something like that? And I was just like, "Oh man, that is cold." <laughs> and when her mouth finally like opened, opened. I Yes. Awesome it yes. looks it so good. Yeah. It made me really want Baraka, though. I was like, oh. Oh, yeah, man. The special yeah. effects look so good here. I would love to see it translate to Baraka. Baraka. Oh, my God. Which which is crazy that, like, finding out. We had a story a couple weeks ago about how the creators of Mortal Kombat would actually had coding within the, in the original games that would let them know what players um what characters they were choosing. And they found out from the first one that players were not choosing Kano and Sonya. So they were left out of the, out of the next game. And they found out that Baraka in Mortal Kombat 2 was not one of the most chosen players. Like they left him out of like future installments. But That's surprising to me. Um, I remember going to the arcade and someone always being Baraka and someone always doing that cheap shit where they're just kneeling down swinging their blades. They would only check that code in the Chicago arcades is what i was reading it was okay. like because like that's where the company came from midway was it midway yeah yeah you're right yeah. no i completely believe it what you're saying but i i'm just surprised by that because from my experience i remember a lot of baraka play dude i was hardcore baraka like my fucking online uh screen name back on the old bbs days was baraka so i was a huge baraka guy nice <sighs> It's awesome. It's awesome. Mortal Kombat 3 was always my all-time favorite. I fucking love that game. Oh, my God. We used to have fucking late-night tournaments with Mortal Kombat 3, man. Oh, Oh, my God. We'd have some late-night tournaments with that game. And it was just like, I just remember getting my ass handed to me by Jax many times in that game. Just fucking him him (laughs) slamming me, body slamming me over and over and over again. (laughs) One of my greatest life achievements is getting 76 wins in a row in the arcade on Mortal Kombat 3 and doing random character every time. Mm. Oh, wow. um, I remember being so worried every time I'd get Sindel. I'd be like, oh, fuck, this is not the character I'm the best at. I got to really fucking... (laughs) (laughs) I just bought a uh, Sega Genesis on eBay and got the original Mortal Kombat with it. I haven't picked up two and three yet, but they're on my agenda. Um, my, my kids have been absolutely just loving all these vintage, uh, video games that I've been introducing them to. Mm. Uh, my 10 year old actually told me about a month ago, he's like, you had all the best games back then. Every game you introduced me to is just the best. And I'm like, I know, right? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Everything's just cookie cutter Call of Duty sequels these days. Yeah. I think he's got a hundred plus hours in Final Fantasy 7 now. I think he's beat it twice. 
that's awesome. Yeah, like I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> w- 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 watching watching both of them, you know, do two player in Mortal Kombat, I was really proud. Um, but I, I've yet to to teach them to. I'm like, guys, don't just punch when it says finish him. I'm like, you have to do this. I've written these codes down. <laughs> <laughs> so they haven't unlocked that yet, but they'll figure it out. That's funny. How was the experience watching it with them? Did they really like the movie? They yeah, they loved it. Yeah, they they were in, and then when it was over, you know, I always ask them, you know, I'm like, well, what, what do you guys think? And they both gave it Tupperwares, and they're like, yeah, we want to watch it again. And I'm like, all right, that's the biggest indicator. If you guys will have the patience to sit and watch it again with me, then it did its job. That's awesome. I bet ten year old Jake would have loved this movie and not been a cynical <laughs> asshole. Yeah, but my 13-year-old's squeamish around blood, so he didn't care for it that part. But, um, yeah, my 10-year-old, he's he's pretty brutal. <laughs> so he, he loved it. He thought it was rad. <laughs> so that, that, uh, that Kung Lao, um, the flawless victory one. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That was so good. I love, I love Kano fucking busting his balls, talking about like this dude fighting with a hubcap. <laughs> I, was, I loved it. Oh my God. I thought that that was so funny. Yeah. Kano, I thought Kano was great. Like not every joke worked, but man, enough of them did for me. Enough of them hit. There were so many. <laughs> there were so many jokes. You, well, you won't have to worry about that in Mortal Kombat 2. <laughs> I will say that I think what got me, I was excited throughout this entire film. One of the reasons is because just every time a new character would pop up on the screen, I just got giddy. Like every, you know, character that I would just remember from the game and every time it would pop up on screen and you just, I just get excited because it's like a familiar face in a different way. Um, and so that just got me really excited. So I just want to say that like, God, this movie was, I just thought it was good. Like even in the bad, even what I didn't like about yeah. it, it still didn't take away from what I thought was made it so entertaining. It, and, and like when it ended, I was like, okay, yeah, if they had part two available for me to watch right now, I'd sit down and watch it. Absolutely. I yeah. want to see where they go. I want to see, I want to see who, you know, I want to see Johnny Cage. I want to see the story. I want to see this. And Jake, I'm with you, man. I want to see the fucking tournament start. I want to see the tournament start. Yeah, just just annoying. Who are these gods, and what are they paying attention to? Like, I they did they really hammered home the you know the whole plot line about it being the tenth tournament and how they'd lost the last nine, and it just none of that mattered for shit. Dude, they're all watching the circle on Netflix, man. <laughs> I don't blame. <laughs> mm. Yeah. What? Do, what? Do you, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as far as the sequel goes. Where do you think it will go? Do you think that we are going to get the official tournament? Do you think that, um, I mean, are they going to, I mean, like, even if Earth wins, like, Shao Kahn and, I mean, you know, are they going to take it away or are they going to, I mean, I don't know. I mean, or, or could Earth lose the tournament? I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I don't know where they're going to go in the second one other than the fact that they are planning on introducing Johnny Cage. I, I don't really know where else the, they're going to go with this one. And I don't know what, like, like four to five movies. Like, <laughs> yeah, if, if there's, if that's set in stone, then I really think you're onto something with them losing the tournament because that really sets up plot for movies three, four, and five where they yeah. kind of have to reclaim Earth right. after Outland takes it over from them losing the tournament. And I, I think, too, um, with the deaths in this one, I think that may free up some opportunities to introduce new characters that weren't in this film. Um, because I know that uh, some people were, disapp- were disappointed that Johnny Cage was not in this when it was first announced. So I think I think I, I agree with Jake agreeing with what you just said, that I think the chance the fact that they're amping up for this many that many more sequels means there's a chance that Earth Realm could definitely lose. Um, and then that could be a plot line that carries this forward this franchise which it looks like it's going to be yeah I, I hope we get the tournament in the second one because with the johnny cage um reveal at the end that that was just in in both the original movie and the animated one clueless johnny cage going into the tournament thinking he's filming a movie is so fun and, <laughs> and i don't care if it's already been done twice before i want to see it again yeah, <laughs> but, I, oh it's so funny and and I don't know. I had a stray thought too. I, I wonder if they they could bring Kano back, because yeah, his eye was glowing in this, but he didn't have any parts of like the 
you know, like the the kind of like the cyborg stuff on his head. And he was taken out in this by getting stabbed in the eyeball with a lawn gnome. So, you know, maybe there is some sort of way to bring him back and and he'll have more metal on his head in the second one. Yeah, maybe bring him back more robotic in the next one. Yeah. But they really did some heavy foreshadowing with that lawn gnome, too, didn't they? (laughs) Yeah, that was great. (laughs) I love that lawn gnome. That was great. Oh my god. Yeah, that's Mortal Kombat. I, I did enjoy this movie quite a bit, and I will be watching the second one. I just, I don't think it's as, and I, I know this is crazy, I just don't think it's as good as the original, and I think I'm right ma- there with you. maybe I'm just l- looking at it through a nostalgic lens, but that original was just, I think, like, the three main actors that they got were just so much fun. It was just, and I think, like, the actor that played, um, Shang Tsung in the original is so much better than the guy oh, that we got in this one um can't hold a candle i think what they did with prince goro was fucking blasphemous in this movie <laughs> um and uh i think that they just made things a little too easy for our new hero cole young in this movie and i never really felt any sort of like attachment to that character or his family I was just basically following all the characters that I've grown to love over the years that I've already, you know, that are pre-established. I, I did not care for Cole Young. And I'm not 100% sold on this whole fucking, like, um, logo, dragon logo transferring from different fighters to, you know. I, I, I guess I just prefer an invitation to a tournament. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I I agree. It's so fucking stupid. Um, oh my god, and I mean I think you hit the nail on the head calling him kind of a Mary Sue. I, that's why I hate his power so much. Like his power is like such a nightmare for writers of future movies, in my opinion. Like it's like you could beat me up as much as you want, but I can't get hurt because my power is super armor. And it's just like, oh my god, how do you like? So basically, the next four movies, he's gonna have to. Oh, my power is weak, and I can't use my super armor, and I'm actually hurting from these hits. Oh no! Uh, just wait until they introduce him into the Mortal Kombat character as a downloadable character. So there you go. Oh yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, probably. Was he absorbing energy? Why was his armor like glowing at points? Was he absorbing energy? It's like those gloves we used to get when we were kids, like when they when they would warm up, they'd like show penguins on them and shit. <laughs> so he's wearing a hyper color t shirt, Jake? Yeah, basically. Basically, yeah. I I was wondering if it was kinda like what the the Black Panther suit was, you yep. know, where it stores energy and then can release it, but then it never really showed anything. No. I mean it did show that, you know, he took a bunch of damage to it and it was glowing and then it turned into the weapons. And so does that mean with his power that the more damage he takes, the more his suit evolves? I mean, that's, well, yeah, like, that, you're right. I mean, that is kind of a weird thing for writers, Jake. Well, they, they did kind of like talk about like even before he became, he unlocked his arcana. Um, <laughs> before he unlocked his arcana, how in the ring, you know, that one guy that was always giving him shit about him just taking punches and getting the shit kicked out of him, you know? And so basically, like, this armor just enhances the fact that people can just kick him and shit and punch him and shit. And then his chest glows like a fucking one of those Amish furnaces that you buy. (laughs) (laughs) One last thing. You know what I'm talking about? Those Amish fucking... Oh, yeah. That was a great, a great analogy. I have no idea what an Amish furnace is. It's like a, it's one of those Amish fireplaces that you could buy. It's supposed to save you so much fucking money oh. on your heating bill. I don't know. That joke we didn't go over well. Anyway, <laughs> Jake, Jake seemed to like it, but you kept trying to explain it to the wrong person. I yeah, think. I think so. <laughs> I think now. I don't mean that as an insult. You you didn't know what it was in the first place, so going further into the joke wasn't yeah. doing you any favors. I, I'm going to educate you on these Amish Amish verses after this episode, and then you'll you'll just you'll you'll still think it's stupid. Um. Somebody was going to say something hopefully better than anything I'm saying right now. One last thing that didn't quite make sense to me, and at the time it didn't make sense, was when he wasn't unlocking his arcana. And then so Raiden sends him back to be with his family. But I'm like, you know that they're going to hunt you down because you have the mark. 
and that's why you left your family. So now you're going back. They're just going to, you and your family are just going to die. Like, why are you going back to put them in harm's way? It just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. He was kind of given up like a puss. And I think, I think you're supposed to take from that, that Raiden is kind of all seeing, all knowing. And Raiden knew that the only way he was going to unlock his arcana was for his family to be in danger. And even though that's a shitty thing to do, yeah. They needed to save the entire realm of Earth, so it's a small price to pay. Oh, yeah. And I think Ray <laughs> hoped for the best that when he did unlock his Arcana, that would also mean that he would save his family. And God forbid Raiden intervenes and does anything in this movie. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even the characters at one point kind of bring that up. They're like, you know, Shang Tsung is breaking all the rules. Why can't you break a, a rule here or there, you know? And it's like, you uh, think why if, can't you? You think if Raiden walks down a like a like a highway and a deer gets in front of him do you think the deer just kind of stops no <laughs> no it, it's totally cruising usa at that point there's deer pieces flying all over the place i am dude listen to this shit i'm driving home from the fucking theater last night and um i'm listening to a podcast and just driving along and then all of a sudden it comes out of nowhere there's a fucking huge deer in the middle of my lane and I have to swerve over into the next lane. It was fucking frightening. I would have hit this thing. It would have fucked my car up. Oh yeah, you yeah, probably top one of those things, and they fuck your shit up. Yeah, I well, I've I've hit a deer in the past, and it fucking it like fucking bounced off my car, and then like ran away and shit. But man, this thing was like dead in the road, and it was big, and man, it would have fucked my car up. And then I went on the. Uh, I fucking uh, took a turn, and then I saw, like, the, another car pull off from the side of the road, and, like, I think that was the car that fucking hit it in the first place. It was all, they were, like, checking the front of their car, but, man, it was fucking scary. It was a scary moment for me. Last fall, I told my forerunner hitting a deer. It was no fun. When that car <laughs> hit that fucking deer, all you heard was fatality. <laughs> Do <you> th- <laughs> Flawless victory. <laughs> oh, Peta hates me, right? I didn't hit the fucking deer, Peta. So settle down. Mm. I avoided it, man. It was scary, though. Uh, that's all I got for Mortal Kombat. Any final thoughts on uh, on Mortal Kombat? No, I, I I'm just disappointed. This wasn't as fun as I wanted it to be. I. I'll definitely watch the sequel, and hopefully they can kind of right some of these wrongs. You do something better with Cole. Yeah, like kill him off in the first five minutes. Like they did Johnny Cage in Annihilation. That was fucked yeah. up, too. They recast him, and then they kill him off in the first five minutes. Yeah, the old Cyclops treatment from X-Men 3. That's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's your Mortal Kombat review. It- <laughs> <laughs> I did like it. I know it sounds like I didn't like it, but I really did enjoy the movie. And I do want to see where they go in the second one. So I did like it. I liked it quite a bit. I'm just, I am upset about, I am, I'm upset about Prince Goro and I'm upset about this new character of Cole did nothing for the movie in my opinion. No, the foreshadowing to Goro just made it all the much worse too. Like if you're not going to do cool shit with them, then don't have the scene where the door opens, but you don't see him yet. Like, if you're going to have a scene like that, you better be prepared to do cool-ass shit with him later. Isn't there something about just fucking seeing, like, Goro walk out into, like, the, you know, into the arena where they're going to fight him and just being, like, taken aback by, like, how menacing this fucking guy is with four fucking arms and, like, how are they going to take him out, you know? There's something about that. And it was it was just, like, this dumb reveal of him, like, walking out of a shed and then fighting. And then his fucking wife hits him with an axe. And it's more than, it's, it's more than Cole did the entire time before the family's in danger. You're not, you're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> it was disappointing. <laughs> oh, it's so disappointing. All right. That's Mortal Kombat. You can watch it now and, and, and I think you can watch it up until, uh, uh, May 23rd on HBO Max. And I would say it's definitely worth watching. It's definitely worth watching. Even if you aren't a fan of the video games, I think this is a, a fun one to watch. So yeah, definitely check out Mortal Kombat. But uh man, I wish I could have Tupperware this one, Jake. I really do. Dude, I wanted to as well. Like, oh my god, like I was surprised at how much I disliked this movie. I it really shocked me. Man. <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm going to have to, you know what? And that's one thing that, I, Joe, I was like you. I avoided the first seven minutes that they released. Yeah, I didn't yeah. watch that either. I avoided the first seven minutes. And I also avoided uh, critic reactions to this movie. I wanted to go in, wanted to go in clean. <laughs> unscathed. Unscathed by critic reactions. I wanted to go in with this voice. <laughs> <laughs> One ticket for Mortal Kombat, please. <laughs> yeah, Joe, get over here. Flaws <laughs> <laughs> <Floss> victory. <clears throat> Your soul is mine. <laughs> All right, just we will. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening to the, whatever the fuck we just did. See you next week. <laughs> no, we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. By the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Could it toss it? Could it take it? Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it. Clean it. Race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft and we're the shaft of crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, clean it, race it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, pushover, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.